That's awesome. So many wonderful things that we do around here just for healing, restoration, encouragement, uh, the ministry of the Spirit. It's just lovely, isn't it? There's a special presence of the Lord in here. I mean, I'm hoping every Sunday we say that. Uh, we, we could say that, but something else here. Uh, it's very unusual, even for us. This is a very special uh, morning. Uh, I can feel the love of God everywhere. I can uh, sense His movement. and uh, Somehow or another, we came in ripe for the Lord's presence. Uh, and it doesn't take much to be ripe for the Lord's presence these days with all the bad news circulating, wars and rumors of wars, and, and then the only the tensions we're facing in our own lives and our own churches and stuff. It's really quite remarkable what the Lord is doing today. And so I'm going to talk about, uh, interestingly enough, releasing the love and power of Jesus in the context of reinstating our ministry teams. Um, uh, what I mean by that is we never stop praying for people, ever, you know. But we haven't, uh, because of the COVID thing, it was a little bit dicey trying to figure out, like, we, we were alive almost the entire COVID time. And, uh, and uh, what was tricky is, like, having this personal ministry with one another, you know. <laughs> You know, do we do it from six feet apart? You know, I mean, it was just sort of, you know, it still is a little tricky, but I felt like uh, we've sort of moved out of the woods uh, uh, with that. And I felt like um, we had to restore our ministry teams, uh, meaning that when we pray for each other uh, after the service, we have formal teams that are here that will actually receive you and and uh, minister to you. And there's a powerful reason why that's so powerful, and that's because God loves to use ordinary people to do mighty miracles. And um, doing things from the stage is rather limited compared to what God can do with people who really have faith uh, to pray for one another. Not to mention that a release that we experience here, we do out there as well. And so uh, for you that are newer to us, um, all historically and throughout most vineyards, there's a thing we call ministry team, which is a time where when after the service, people come up and people that are here are trained or that are equipped or at least I say trained, meaning that they've been exposed to some of our teaching and have a reasonable amount of faith uh, to pray for people. They, they they pray for people up in the front. And, and so we haven't done that formally in a long time. And so now we're beginning. We're going back. And almost everything that we used to do has been restored, and now we're restoring this part. It's a broader issue, too. It, it, it has to do with just our intrinsic belief that everybody has gifting, everybody has authority. And there's so many of us, and can you imagine with all the gifting that's in the place, if we take advantage of it, you know, there's just nothing but grace, you know. And it's just like God to order you know, our steps so we have some people here at the front, right, uh, praying and to bring you just to the right person who just understands your situation exactly, right? For example, maybe you've just been through a horrible divorce and there's someone up here that has been through a divorce and got to the other side successfully, right? And you just happen to get them as your prayer person, right? This happens continually. And uh, I wanted to say this. Uh, I'm just so excited because we released a form of that right in the service, right now, I mean, just, just a few minutes ago. Did you notice that? I mean, it was like, and it was like God was clearly certain that, amen, I think you should do more of that, right? And, uh, and for the first time in a long time, I wasn't thinking about, oh my gosh, we're getting in somebody's face, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to give them COVID or whatever. I just 
free of it. So I think uh, this is really, really good news, and God affirmed it. For you that have eyes to see and ears to hear during the time of worship, even the songs that were sung, it was all ministry, or it was God's special ministry to us. And so ministry is a nice word for releasing the love and power of Jesus. Anybody need the love and power of Jesus today? <laughs> I think probably most of us, right? And uh, and that's not too off for any day, but I don't know. I think we're especially uh, a little bit uh, vulnerable uh, these days. And uh, another thing I kept seeing in vision form, it's been since last night, this has happened to me. And I think it's a prophetic thing. And... Um, almost to the place where I wish I could literally do this. Maybe God will give me the ability. But that uh, in Anaheim Vineyard, there was this uh, statue, and uh, the statue had this washing of the feet. Remember the statue? And uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but um, this person washing the feet of, of uh, you know, and I, and just the whole thing was communicating servanthood, right? This, this beautiful servanthood. I've been seeing that picture of that statue in my mind literally for about the last 24 hours. I can't get it out of my mind. And it's just a lovely picture of what we do. We, we gird ourselves to serve one another, and we're privileged and honored to be a part of this great body of Christ which, where every person plays, every person has a gift, every person has an anointing, and to appreciate that gifting and then to release it is one of the most Wonderful things, as far as I'm concerned, we could do on the face of the planet. First of all, it multiplies ministry, but also validates us, encourages us, and makes us a giver, and not just a receiver. We all get to play. We all get involved, right? And that the basis of all of it is not hype or not, you know, uh, you know, just sort of look at us. It's more, hey, we're serving. <laughs> I'm here to serve. And my hope is that as I walk through this a little bit, will remind us to go back to that servant place and that a number of you will re-up with uh, regard to our ministry teams. And then, of course, just re-up in your life, uh, just in terms of being willing to be a servant, whether it's out there in the marketplace where you work or whether it's in the warehouse or whether it's specifically with someone that's in need or in here. So, uh, And I just want to remind us of a few things through this sermon. And I think the this sermon is a prophetic sermon. I hope every sermon is a prophetic sermon in the sense of that the Lord uh, uses it to to bring His Word, bring a fresh revelation and anointing. But I think it's it's a prophetic uh, in the sense of uh, this is a special time this morning. I don't know how. I mean, for me, every single Sunday is special. I don't know. There's something about today that's very unusual. I just want to recognize it and um, just thank you, Lord. That's all I got to say. And uh, thank you for the worship team. That you guys were sensitive in the songs you sang and everything you just uh, brought in. Just such a lovely uh, compassion and mercy. And uh, I love that. Uh, mercy, right? Mercy, compassion, and worship. Uh, that's our name, you know that. In the heavens, over the vineyard, it's worship and compassion. And I love that those two things. And uh, those two things are in abundance and have been abundance from the day we planted the church. Uh, all those years ago, and um, it's just so exciting to feel that worship and compassion so evident today. There's even angels over that, I guess, or I'm not sure how the economy of heaven works, but it's lovely, isn't it? All right, so um, I want to just start, and you can read with me in the outline here a little bit, and um, and uh, I just want to say I'm going to be coming down to the bottom of this, which is just some, we're going to talk about a helpful model, a healing model that's helpful, but I and I'm going to mention these things. And sometimes when people get this, they, they, we have this uh, horrible 
sort of way of trying to be experts at everything, you know, and, and just get everything just right. Well, in the Spirit, he, he sort of weaves his way in and out of whatever we put down as a good way to do things, right? So he might start with step five and then move back to step one. <laughs> you know, he can go all around. But these various aspects of this that I'm going to get to at the end are just kind of ways that we've, we've uh, sort of learned to, to, to minister. And so what I want to do for the future is I, I want to reinstate our ministry teams and I want to recruit new ones and um, to be involved with us. And I want to uh, do a bit of training, uh, you know, not too deep a training, just training in the sense of mainly just sort of getting us on board again to do certain things that we think have been proved historically helpful. Uh, to us as we've uh, learned how to pray for one another and also for new people a lot of here people are newer here and maybe even new to Jesus or new to the things of the spirit so we'll teach you uh, as well and uh, I think as soon as you come to the Lord you're signed up in God's army and you're ready to go and you have something amazing to offer other people it's called the Holy Spirit in the very presence of God from the moment you're saved, you're lethal to the enemy. You, you, your gun's loaded and ready to shoot. As a matter of fact, as a new believer or a newer believer or a believer that's returning to God and just re- being restored, you especially are dangerous because usually when you get restored and returned to God, there is this love that comes. And a person full of love is a dangerous person to the enemy. <laughs> Perfect love casts out fear, and love will do things that uh, duty and faith won't. It goes way beyond uh, this compassion inside of us. Well, you know, we might be able to generate a measure of faith, but love causes you to do things you would never do. It causes you to go to malls and witness to people. It causes you to do recovery seminars for divorce. It causes you to remember that that. Uh, that classmate from years ago and suddenly call him up. It causes you to pray for the most strange things and do the most strange uh, uh, things with the Lord. Love causes you to reach down into the weakest of people and uh, lift them up. And love causes the weakest of people to be strong. Oh, how wonderful. And so when we talk about releasing the love of the power of Jesus, we're doing something wonderful. But the odd thing about it all is that God limits himself to us in many, many ways. He can do things without us, but he likes to use us. He loves this partnership. He told us over and over again, just through the example of those first disciples, he takes these fishermen, ordinary people, and he turns them into these apostles. And just by the power and the name of Jesus and the presence of God. And he made sure it stuck when he baptized with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm be starting my life in the Spirit class, and I go over that and over. I didn't even know. I've lost track of how many times I've taught that class and to how many people, but it's a lot. But I never get tired of it. Remind ourselves that the life of the Spirit, that God wants to use ordinary people and equip us and make us aware of certain dimensions of God, like faith and the Father's love and revelation and prophecy, and our classes reflect a lot of that. So we'll be doing that again for you that are newer to us. Love to have you come and join us. I teach my class right here, and uh, I just have gone through generations and generations of new people. And even if you've been through there before, if you'd like to come back, come on back and get a refresher. I just go through all these things. I keep adding and doing new things. And but really, it's all about this subject, releasing the love and power of Jesus. Might add a little bit of dimension, that revelation of Jesus. Turns out that God still talks. That's why we have a whole class on prophetic utterance. 
it turns out God heals today. We have inside and outside. So we have a whole class on inner healing and relationships and how God wants to restore us on the inside. And, and we have whole classes on the whole dimensions of this. So, all right. With regard to our ministry teams, we'll be making announcements and uh, trying to fire that all up formally again and, and meet. And so we're just now getting to that place. I just actually have been waiting for the Lord to speak to me about this and uh, just holding back. And finally he did. Uh, a couple of days ago, and then um, to see that happen, like the Lord made the entire church a ministry team during the worship. <laughs> Did you see what happened there? I mean, it was that's a, we always are praying for people during worship, but I mean, this was like I, it was like God going, "Amen," and I go, "Okay, we're good. That's a lot. That's good. I love those little signs. Uh, I've learned through the years to watch for those. All right." So let's read uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, a very powerful scripture. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than, we all, than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Wow. Mm. Are you serious, Lord? You're able to, not only you want to, it's not only he's able to, yeah, I think God could do that sometime. No, he wants to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within who? Us. Wow. All that we can imagine. I can imagine a lot. <laughs> and he can do even more than that. To him be glory in the church. In the church. To him be glory in God's people, through God's people, with God's people. Not just any body of people, not just anybody, but God's church. God's beloved, those that are called by God, the bride of Christ. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And all generations would include our generation. Every generation that's preceded us and every generation that follows us. He's, he's able to do a measurement all that we could ask or imagine according to this. And he chooses to work through us, which is an amazing thing. This is God's plan. God's on our side. He's far more eager to move than we may think through us and to us. Jesus promises the Spirit will give us power to do his work. And he made a big deal of that. He told the disciples to wait. You know, and I, I, I still think it's so powerful just to think of these concepts. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave him this command. It was actually 10 days before it happened uh, to the very things that he's saying. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. They didn't even have an inkling about where this was going, that they would not only be used to bring this gospel and establish it around the earth, but he would be using generation after generation after generation down to our own generation. And I am determined, at least in our generation, to make sure that we always are alive and vibrant with understanding that we can be good receivers of the power of God and then we can release it. And so that's why we do class after class, year after year. I'm here three times a year doing that very thing just to give people an introduction to this doorway into our community that has so many things and dimensions to it. Prophetic dimensions, inner healing dimensions, uh, counseling dimensions, whatever you, you could think of. Uh, creative dimensions of worship and praise. Just wonderful things that are all part of the ministry of the Spirit. Also, the other thing that he gives us 
which I just want to make sure I underline um, so much because uh, I think sometimes in charismatic or Pentecostal circles, I'm not sure if you would call us Pentecostal, depending on your definition of that, but whatever circles that appreciate the ministry of the Spirit, there's this other dimension that I love to dwell on and talk about. We find it in Ephesians 3. If you read these passages, these are some of the most shocking passages in the whole Bible as far as I'm concerned. They're describing something that's possible in God that few people have experienced, but I think more need to, and I think that we can even go deeper and deeper in this. This must have been the experience of the early church. For this reason I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. And he's praying for these guys. He's praying for these disciples, these Ephesians. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that's how I come to know Jesus. That's the doorway, isn't it? And then he says this, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So stay, faith moves us into Jesus. But this love experience, how wide and long, could you imagine? Just think of the dimensions of this. The Holy Spirit gives uh, and reveals how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And when that love comes to you, it unravels you, it undoes you, it does things to you that nothing quite else can. To know this love, it passes knowledge, all knowledge about God. You just know God and you know He's on your side and you can feel His presence and He tells you what to do out of that love and He guides you. For the Bible says the Bible, about Jesus, the Father loves the Son. That's what Jesus said about Himself. And shows Him all that He's doing. When I'm full of love, I just somehow know what to do. When you've been broken up in a, a place and God's healed you, let's say drug addiction, Right? And so you see another person with drug addiction, right? And you've been healed by the love of God and touched by God. And he's restored you. When you go over to that person, you have a special love for him. There's a love that you have for him that other people wouldn't have, right? You can identify with him. You know how they feel. You climb in their shoes. Can you imagine uh, one of the, uh, that if God did this continually, if he did it not just even in specific areas, but poured this love on you so that you can identify with people no matter where they're at, what their situation is. We can do this in ways we've been ministered to, and that's all well and good, but God's offering something huge here, this love of God. And so I'm looking at Eddie Piorek here in the house, and it's just so indebted to him and Janet uh, because of the ministry and pioneering he's done in this area. I mean, you wouldn't think you would have to have a pioneer in the love of God. It's pretty generic. That's part of the problem. We just use the love of God in that term just flippantly, like, God bless you, God love you. But there is a deep abiding encounter of the love of God that will positively wreck you. And by the way, that was my introduction to the vineyard. I got introduced to it, but then I got introduced to it. <laughs> I got introduced by coming, right? But then I got introduced to what was in the juice, what was in the vine. And I, to my utter amazement and shock, I found out that mercy and love are really in the deep parts of that, and I began to experience it myself in a way that I never had before. It totally undid me and has continued to undo me to this day. This love is the most spectacular thing. And so this love part is, and I just have to stop because I'm going to go and do another sermon here. But anyway, 
He promises the Spirit will give us power to His work, but He also gives us the love, and it's the compassion and the power working together that causes magnificent things to happen. Because you'll find whatever you get compassion for, you usually have power for. Right? When you get compassionate, you just, in that passion has been worked in you by God. And some, what I'm just saying about the example before, when you've experienced something so deep, healing from drugs, for example, you see another one, you have this special compassion. But wonder if God gave you compassion for all kinds of stuff. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. Wow. And it revolutionizes marriages and all. I just never realized the full dimensions of that. Jesus clearly states the reality of his promises to us and asks us to ask on them. One of the most radical things Jesus said to his disciples and to us was, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. Can you imagine in their time, Jesus saying, cleanse those who have leprosy. I mean, they didn't want to get within a mile of anybody with leprosy, right? But he's talking about not only getting close to them, but cleansing them. Drive out demons. How about that one? Freely you have received, freely give. So we freely receive things in God, right? And he asks us to act on these promises. As God's children, we have power to do the works of the kingdom. Jesus said to his disciples, you give them something to eat. This mass of people. You give them something to eat. We only got a few loaves and the fish. You give them something to eat. But you know, that call to us is so real today. Especially today. You give them something to eat. You give them, I'm going to use you. We're like, oh God, have mercy on our world. Have mercy on this. Have mercy on that. You go give them something to eat. <laughs> well, I'm praying. You want me to actually be a part of the answer? Yeah, you give them something to eat. You know what? But that's too big. It's too deep. They're too screwed up. They're best. I mean, you know, wow. No, you go help them. That's why God launches us into every man's world, everybody's world, into the business world, the politics, every world. Lord, I don't want to give those politicians something to eat. I want to, I want to, I want to annihilate them. I want to get rid of them. I want to, you give them something to eat. You teach them. You bring my power. You bring my truth. See what happens. You give them something to eat. I had a representative come to the door the other day. Evidently, our Laguna Niguel area has changed, and our politicians, or the, the area, the geographical area has changed. So now we're in with San Clemente uh, that way, right? And uh, I like the representative that was before, right? So they came to my door, you know, and I caught me off guard a little bit, and I'm thinking, whoa, that's great. You know, hey, I might just go to that meeting. Then I looked up the thing, and they weren't the party of my choice, you know, and I shut it, and I go, Ooh, I don't think I'm going to go to that, you know. But then I thought to myself, you know, maybe you should just go. Just find out what's going on, right? Just go find out, right? And so I think I'm going to go. But I'm not going to go because of politics. I'm going to go because I, I felt something prompt me in the beginning. But then I looked at the the, <laughs> the party and I thought, I don't want to do that, right? But then I thought, well, why should you let that get in the way? Why don't you just go? So I think I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm loaded, man. <laughs> I got stuff. I got faith. I got power. I, I'm, I'm equipped. I'm God's man, right? Yeah. And when I don't feel like that, this is 2B on your outline. Power is made perfect in weakness. <laughs> it's amazing how he puts us in his weakness, right? We don't think we have a thing to offer anybody. Beware of feeling that way. Matter of fact, use it to your advantage. Because if you feel that, you just become extra equipped to actually release God's power, right? <laughs> it's only the pride and the presumption that sort of gets in the way, you know. 
That's why I like that statue in Adam Vineyard so much. You know, we we do this not to make a name for us or to put marks on our gun or to be known as a prophetic person or whatever. We do it to serve. We do it out of love. We do it to to help people, right? And uh, and so we can help people even in the strangest places, even people that we don't agree with, even people that we wouldn't normally hang out with, right? God loves to move in an atmosphere of humility and weakness faith and compassion. He loves that atmosphere so much. And we can carry that into any situation. We have this treasure in jars of clay. <clears throat> Ordinary stuff. Matter of fact, that's what I'm going to get to in point number three here. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. So God likes to use ordinary folks, jars of clay. So what we developed... Uh, through the years, and this is, I'm not sure exactly how everybody's model is, but it's sort of a model that we sort of use to try to train and teach. Like, for example, one thing we love to do is equip everybody to pray for people, right? So this is a good place to start. And we might move from point 0.5 to point 0.3, around to point 0.2, around to point 0.1, but they cover some bases that I think are really good, right, if you're going to pray for someone. And I like this part because I want to especially emphasize we have this treasure in jars of clay, so the problem is when we feel like we're getting super duper, that's the moment that we become useless. <laughs> right? So we just have to remember, we're just jars of clay. We're really ordinary stuff. We're not even a special goblet, right, in our own power. But in God's power, something special happens. So we put things in place that we think are good to kind of foster this attitude of service and help, and it seems to encourage the work of the Holy Spirit. So when we don't get in the way and become too impressed with ourselves, we do well, right? And also when we remember that it's not just the pastor or a key leader up in the front or a prophetic person, but anybody can deliver anything to anybody. And actually, it's the way God prefers it. He, he prefers strength and weakness. So I want to do the things that God prefers, because if I do, we'll see more. You know, so I'm looking at you, Bob, and... Uh, you guys, Bob and Tusula. And uh, could I just encourage you, I just thank you so much for what you do on Wednesday. They're in here every Wednesday praying for anybody that needs healing. And we call it a healing room. And uh, you just come in, check in at the door, and you have a little team, and they just will spend a lot of time with you just praying for you. He's been doing that for years and years and years and years. And it's just such a lovely room. Every time I walk in and I feel him doing that, I... I feel such a beautiful smell in the room. You know, it's like the odor of Jesus, the perfumes going around. And by the way, there was also quite a bit of perfume that went on this week uh, with Peggy and all of our team. Uh, you know that we give out food on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And so uh, this week we just uh, had a big party and we had some guests come in. And uh, we always are feeding the poor Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. People, people not just people that are in distress. I mean, uh, and they need food and help. But we give them more than food and help. We give them fellowship and, and belonging and love. And so just had a great time. And from what I understand, there was like maybe 80 or 90 people out there. And I, I wasn't there, but Janice saw it. And it just felt, smelled good. I could tell. It just smelled good. It was just a good thing. It was a good aroma of Christ in the place. You know, where we, we always do this. We didn't just do it for a special event, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Without For years and years we do this. We just feed people. We take care of them. But we also we feed them life. We pray for them. And, and we see more miracles there than we ever see anywhere else. It's amazing, which is very instructive about power and miracles. I mean, 
you know, we always want to see it on a stage or really in a fancy place, but in these hidden places, just out there where there's just, uh, you know, you feel like about that much faith in you or inspiration, you know, people are coming with you, not just with one problem, but with a boatload of problems, and you think you don't have anything to offer, it's that point that God heals their cancer, delivers them from the most heinous of diseases, and then... <laughs> And then they come back, you don't even believe them, right? Because you just can't believe that actually they got healed of that horrible thing you were praying for them. I mean, it's happened to us more than once. And we have to ask them five times, you know. Did you really? Now explain that to me again. I think I remember what I prayed for, but are you sure? <laughs> because they'll tell you this. this um, and so the many of them don't have the ability to have medical care, you know. So they don't even have any, you know. And they were just basically said, you know, I was left for, I'm going to, they told me I was going to die in three weeks, or I have this tumor, it's inoperable. Or, but we've seen more miracles, and it's just so like the Lord, and I, I don't even know how to manage this in the broader church. Because we have literally chronicled thousands of miracles over the last t- 10 years that have happened on a major scale outside of these walls, and it used to be in the warehouse where we, used to have a room there in addition to all the sales and things that were going on but then we moved it outside here under the tent right so I thought I used to say to the Lord how do I get the warehouse in here because <laughs> of all these miracles we see all the time you know and then I was so grateful because because of the pandemic and other things we moved it from the warehouse to right next to the building so now if I could figure out how to get the tent in here I figured we'd be in really great shape right well the tent's already in here we just have to believe and respond but it's just so remarkable how the Lord's done this and it's just underlining the way he does things he he does does it and where there's a spirit of humility you know and and the funny thing is about this is um, sometimes I think we get a a little trouble we have to realize how much the Lord values humility and and he gives grace to the humble he's got to realize because sometimes I think in our uh, zeal to help other people believe that God does miracles we get a little bit too commercial and I think it chases the spirit off I think he doesn't like it when it crosses a certain line right and that's why we've I've just remarked over and over again I don't know the number I wish Peggy was here she she keeps track of this I can't tell you but it's probably uh, in the hundreds oh there you are you're right there how many people have been healed of cancer out there? 58. 58 healings. Right? I don't know why I kept, I didn't see you till just now. I guess that's when I needed to get the number, right? And I keep thinking, I mean, these are like people that are like, they're dead. They're about to die. They're going to, you know, and the Lord restores them. 58. What else has been healed? Anything other cool things? Everything. How many would you say we kept, used to keep numbers and everything on this? How many people have been healed in that, or in our room, uh, just uh, from the f- food ministry? We lost count. At three thousand, we lost count. Oh, I mean, we're like the funny thing is, we're not just talking about like anything. I mean, these people they don't get much medical care. Their 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 diseases are way down and developed so it's just been such a pleasant thing even so much so I gotta say something honestly I've even like yeah
Yeah. <laughs> she said, I only see one of you. Yeah, all right. I tell you, it's amazing. And so, like, it's been embarrassing in a way with regard to that, but this is all this principle, right, of, of God using ordinary people to do powerful things. And ordinary. And then, I don't know what it is about us, but we have this romantic view sometimes of how healing's supposed to happen. And the guy marches in, and he waves his hand and that certain sort of voice and then everybody stands and they're all awed and they fall on the ground. And they come. So usually what happens for us is we just pray for them. We don't believe a word we prayed. They come back the next week and say, I just got healed of cancer. I'm completely clean. We thought, really? I thought you were supposed to die in two weeks. No, evidently I don't have any cancer at all. Well, how'd that happen? They get a misdiagnosis. No, here's the diagnosis. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was a jerk. It was a doctor. I don't know, but and it happens over and over again to the place where it happens like 50 times you go okay man oh god I have been so unbelieving I'm so sorry Lord <laughs> I just finally you go okay I believe right but it happens in the humblest way quiet I mean you know this is like be barely said in the name of Jesus be healed you know you didn't spend any time at all next in the name of Jesus and then they come back hey remember you prayed and I, what, did I pray for you yeah, yeah you prayed for me well, what did the doctor say? Well, he said, I'm completely healed. He can't understand it, but all this stuff that he diagnosed and everything, there's not a trace of it. Here's the, the medical report. You look at it. You're kidding. Really? Yeah, really. And then if it happens to you like over and over again, so I think there's something about our humility thing we need to work on a little bit. And of course, it's been our experience that God's always reached into the poorest of people, the weakest of people. So I think men, one of the things we should do, we should really just... Love weak people, right? If God hangs out with them, maybe we should start hanging out with them a little bit more, right? And the odd thing about it is, you know, in our area, that's another thing. This is one reason why it was so confusing to me, you know, even getting the Mercy Warehouse started and everything, was we live in such a nice area, you know? You just can't think that, like, this would not be the area I would think would need a, a, a you know, a, a Mercy Warehouse, you know, a thrift store. I, I never would have dreamed. I never did dream. And a matter of fact, I, and I, the only thing I had in my mind was Mother Teresa wagging her finger in my face telling me, you're wrong. Look, see, do something about it, you know. And I, I left that car saying, yeah, sure. You know, you don't know where I live. You know, <laughs> I can't imagine a thrift store or anything like that. I'm just leaving. I mean, I'm walking through this place and like lepers are laying everywhere and whatever, you know. But God's so compassionate. He goes to the lepers. He goes to the streets of Laguna Gal. He goes everywhere. And we just got to make on the inside, a vessel to humbly accept that. So when we say we have this treasure in jars of clay, the jars of clay, we just see the treasure part, but the jars of clay is as important as the treasure. We're just ordinary folks. And so the well-being of our people, is something, this is Roman number three, is something, to do, we, something we do on purpose and with love, and this is a helpful model here. So this model is a jars of clay model, right? And so... When we pray for people, we think it's sort of important that you treat them like human beings. They're not just a notch on your belt, not just another one, not just an imposition. But we just so the interview is important. We greet a person who needs prayer by being personal, attentive, and gently asking questions to find essential information. And by the way, asking questions and interviewing a person is so powerful because if you learn how to pray for the sick, you learn they say things that are just like things that the Spirit highlights to you. They say things to you. So you listen while you listen to the interview. Ask them questions like a doctor would. 
Only you're listening with another set of spiritual ears. Now, how do I teach you to do the interview? <laughs> I am right now. And we just go over and over. We just talk about it. So in our training, and then we might give a couple of examples more than I would give right now. But essentially, when a person comes for a prayer, we say, hey, what's going on? Oh, da 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 And they go, oh, that's prayer. Why did this happen? Da-da-da-da. Oh, I see. And da-da-da-da. Did you go to the doctor about that? You know, okay. Da-da-da. And you have this conversation. We're just starting. First of all, it makes them feel like real people that you're really interested in them. And the second thing is you just get information, both practical information and also spiritual information on the inside, right? You, you hear things. So you're God's person, but you're doing it in such a jars of clay way, such a humble, peaceful way. It's not showy, it's just, but, you, but it's deeply spiritual and very, very powerful, right? Very, very powerful. Next thing, we're going to pray for someone. And this is what we'll train with regard to people. This is sort of part of our training, right? So we elaborate on this, but I'm just training all of us here for a minute. Next thing is we're going to pray for someone. So what we'll do is we'll have people come up in the front. And by the way, I'd like to call to attention anybody that's been on our ministry teams in the past. And we'll just ask you to come up first, up in the front, and then we'll just pray for people after the service like that. And uh, so reinstituting this in a little more formal way back, right? COVID messed me up. I didn't know exactly how to do this. So I'm going back. I think today's the day. So, all right. So number two. The Holy Spirit will often lead you to speak prayers of petition and or command. Commands are often spurred by a surge of faith and revelation. So prayer selection means you just try to figure out how you're going to you know, pray for them. So you might just pray a general prayer. But sometimes you get faith comes inside of you and you just say, I command in the name of Jesus, stop it. So there's more than one kind of prayer. There's general prayers of petition, but sometimes you might even pray about something different than the person came up for. Right? The Lord might direct you that way. So we're totally dependent on this. Let's encourage all of you. I would, uh, we're going to take more and more people through this, this time. The thing is, that we got this. Um, unfortunately, we're Americans in this. And it causes us a little problem. Because being Westernly trained and the way that we're schooled, you know, we, we feel like we have to always do things just right. You know, we got to just, and if we can't intellectually comprehend it, it's no good to us, right? But this thing, I'm giving you steps, nice and even steps, but number step five may go back to number one, might go to number three, you might bounce around, but they're general things, right? So there's two kinds of pr- prayers we usually pray. Pray of petition where we say, Lord, would you please heal such and such, da, da, da. And then there's other things that we do, like command, I command this in the name of Jesus, be well. Sometimes we might spend a lot of time praying for a person. And once we see that presence of the Lord on them, we might say, more Lord, keep going, keep going, more Lord, more. Sometimes the thing's over in an instant. One of the strangest things I ever experienced was going to other nations and countries and praying for people. You know, sometimes I just pray for them and, uh, and, and they come up with this like uh, disease that's about this long, you know. And I just go, oh my gosh, that's horrible, you know. In the name of Jesus, da da da. And they go, hey, thank you very much. I said, well, how are you doing? Fine, I feel great. I don't feel any more pain. That little lump I had uh, on my my arm is gone. See, and I'm fine. Thank you very much. I'll see you later. <laughs> wow, really? I mean, I thought angels would play, the band would be going, whatever, you know, just as I am, you know, the song, you know. <laughs> I've had this happen so many times. I've got so much instruction, they get complete well, and they actually believe they're going to get well. And they don't feel any more pain. They realize they're one, and they go, 
Thank you very much. See you later. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you sure you're well? <laughs> yes, I'm well. Right? All right. Commands are, when we have a command form, when we say something like that, name of Jesus, walk, or whatever, they're often spurred by a little surge of faith, revelation, something we learn. And we just sort of, well, I don't know why, sometimes we just get this revelation, you know. And that doesn't mean they have to jump up and down and say, I'm immediately healed. But that command, that word that goes forth, sometimes just keeps percolating in them for days, weeks sometimes, and they'll get healed. And that was the defining moment. They started getting better when you made that proclamation. All right, so... When we interview, we're just trying to figure out, okay, what kind of prayers we pray should we be praying over, over this person? And we just sort of select a pathway. So, third thing is prayer ministry. We just by this I mean that uh, something like asking the Holy Spirit. We could do this: come, Holy Spirit, and then we could wait on God. Some people like to do that, and then make commands or petitions or whatever to see what God's doing. Right? Ask the person to relax and let us know if anything begins to happen in their body. In other words, interview them, especially sensations such as heat, trembling, tingling, or movement. So we're asking and just saying, what are you feeling now? You know, and, and sometimes they'll say, you know, I feel heat in my body or I'm feeling a, a, a sense of ease. Or, um, oh, I don't understand, but I'm feeling this over in my right arm, you know, uh, that sort of thing. So we're sort of monitoring as we're going, right? If the presence of the Holy Spirit becomes if evident, we have this wonderful, famous prayer, more Holy Spirit. <laughs> Or, or command and ask again in the name of Jesus. By the way, asking for things in the name of Jesus is very powerful. She use that name of Jesus a lot when you ask. And uh, sometimes we just say, more Holy Spirit. We don't have anything more to say than that. We don't even know what the Lord is doing. Just more Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit may lead you to pray over the cause of the symptoms as well as the symptoms. You might also want to check to see if unforgiveness is hanging around. So in the prayer ministry, there's lots of things that happen. So sometimes we know that sickness is caused by bitterness, and anger, unresolved things. You might want to go back. They might say something to you that's a tell, you know, something that helps you understand that they're really bitter about uh, you know, uh, something that happened to them. Sometimes they'll reveal a bit of information, like I just went through this divorce, and ever since the divorce I've been feeling this. So that's a hint to us. Mm, maybe we should go back and pray over the pain and the divorce, and then we'll move our way back, right? There's no possible way that I could give you all the scenarios here. Most of this has to do with just sort of being humble, being willing to be used by the Lord. But some of this stuff is just the simple things are really important, like a prayer selection, what I should be praying, or listening especially, and the Lord will give you something. Uh, you know, well, have you thought about forgiving that person? You know, maybe that might be a really important thing here, as we know that forgiveness is the root of a lot of a disease and a lot of demonic problems, right? Uh, that sort of thing, right? And you hear things, and the Lord will teach you. So I'm just giving you some general outline stuff, some things, and most of us know all of this stuff here in the room already. But uh, um, it's just sort of important to review kind of the way we, we go about things. We interview them as ordinary people, ordinary folks. We try to figure out the initial way we should pray for them. Um, we ask the Spirit to show up, Right? And then even in the midst of the showing up, we might just ask him, uh, what are you feeling now? You know, what's going on there? You know, sort of a diagnosis thing. And, and then one of my favorite prayers is if we see the Lord already moving, we say, more of that, God, whatever that is, I have no idea what you're doing. I won't say that out loud, but I'll say, more, Lord, just keep doing that. We look like geniuses when that happens, you know. Ooh, <laughs> more, Lord, more. And then they start going even more, you know. Okay, good, right? All right, we're doing good, right? All right. And remember that the Spirit may cause... 
as you're just listening, uh, he may just give you a little simple word about the symptoms, uh, some cause or something root, root issue. And unforgiveness, again, like I said, is a really big issue. So relational messed upness is usually a real key to uh, trying to unravel people's problems. There's a lot of bitterness in the air right now, a lot of confusion in the air. Not only bitterness, I'd like to warn all of us about this, not only bitterness like in our own world, but bitterness toward governments. Just whatever you do, don't let bitterness come into any part of you and a spirit of judgment. It's a waste of time and energy. Just let God take care of His business. Pray for them. God, for heaven's sake, said to pray for your enemies, so pray for them. They get it right. And even right now, can I just encourage you while I'm on this subject? Pray for Joe Biden. So you may not like 93% of what he does, or you might like 93% of what he does, but whatever you do, pray. Don't let bitterness or anger or confusion get in the way. This is something that we have to remember. We can appeal to a higher power, and we must. And it's part of the responsibility of the church to pray, intercede. And when you get yourself into a knot and you get too far down in your bitterness, you can't pray. I don't care how well your cause is oiled and how well you think of, you know, you got it right and the truth. When bitterness comes, bitterness is bitterness. Anger is anger, right? You got to empty that in the back room, (laughs) come back. And pray with compassion. Pray grace and mercy. Because God ultimately holds the rulers in His hands and He changes their hearts. So Lord, I just tell them, that's not the only thing we do. we got to stand up for the truth. I know that. But there is a line you cross in bitterness. And so it is with people that are receiving prayer. There's bitternesses that have to be, bitter roots that have to be undone. And sometimes in our interview, so when we say this model, we're talking about really engaging a person in prayer. Treating them like a human being like a doctor investigating, talking over their problems. Sometimes healing comes in just the talking over of the problem. They just need... You'd be surprised how many people don't have anybody to talk to. I mean, in a serious way. They could talk to their roommate or this or that, but they're not, like, serious. They're, like, you know, out of their mind stoned on drugs or they're doing this or that. But just to talk to a normal person who has your interest in mind, just talk over your problem for a minute. Sometimes it's even better if it's a stranger. Just talk it over. You know, oh, it feels good to talk over. Sometimes that's what they need. Sometimes it's all they need. Because there is this thing called loneliness that is so deadly, causes so much destruction. I would venture to say, this may seem high to you, but I'd say probably 25-30% of you in this room are dying of loneliness. Loneliness. You're lonely. You need friends. You need belonging. You need connection, and you can't find it. And our world is so crazy right now, and it has been for a long time, but it doesn't exactly exude family and relationships and the friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. It's hard to find. Matter of fact, I think if we would do that well, we would probably do better in the area of healing because many of our illnesses and things come from loneliness, brokenness, feeling all alone all the time. So this COVID thing has contributed to it. It's made it really, really hard. It's isolated us, put us, made us in, you know. And I'm just thinking about something during the worship. As we were just worshiping, I'm thinking to myself, wow, it's so good to feel the worship in the room. So I'm not trying to dish you guys in the live stream. 
listen, you can only do this so long. Let me tell you why. So you can kind of vicariously get what's going on. The Spirit come right in your room, and may did to me and many of us during this time. But if you can come in person, there's something more. It's not just what's happening way out there or way up here. It's something that happens in the room when the worship begins, when something happens. It's the corporate uh, little Jesus is running around. <laughs> We're called Christians. So we carry the presence and the glory of God, which is hard to get off the TV set. But when you're in the room, you're wondering, what is that? What is that? Well, that's the Spirit, but that's the presence of God exuding out of ordinary believers. And when you put them all together, you get something magnificent. You get something. You start hearing God's voice. You start hearing things. You run into people. There's these encounters with God that you have just walking in the door. You meet another person. You meet a friend like you. Maybe they have kids your same age. You have these divine appointments. And God begins to orchestrate. And it's called the body of Christ. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Hard to get in a TV set, right? Hey, that rhymed. Hard to get in a TV set. Hard to get, right? And if you're forced to be in a live stream, God bless the live stream. I'm glad we have it. But there's so much more in the corporate gathering. There's divine appointments, things you meet, people you meet you hadn't expected to. God sets you up. This place is alive with little Jesus is running around, right? I, I, I say that respectfully to Jesus. I mean, like, well, I'm a Christian. We should Christ in me, the hope of glory, right? So I wonder why we say Christian and not Christian. I think we say call ourselves Christian, right? I don't know why we did that. How that I became silent, but anyway, we're Christians. Christians, we got Christ in us. And so when all these little Christians, Christians are running around, you never know what's going to happen. Right? Especially if they're motivated and they're active. You know what I mean? They're radiational. <laughs> they got radiation on them. You know, they're 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 live, right? You never know what they're gonna say or do. Right? Especially in our environment. Wow. You never know when a sense of provision I tell you, I've seen it happen so many times. A guy strikes up with a car, prays for somebody, hey, meet somebody, find out they're in the same industry. Before you know it, they're talking, exchanging cards, before you know it, they're partners. I've seen so much business done in Christian businesses, Christian life. So many alliances, so many things formed, so many opportunities. Hey, my son needs a school. You know where a good school is? Hey, I live in San Clemente. You know where a good restaurant or whatever it is? Oh, my gosh. This place is loaded with information, power, authority in Jesus' name, right? So step four. Stop and re-interview. Re so you may have some prayer time. And after a time you're not making any progress, you might want to interview the person further and just ask. So when we have the prayer teams ministering, we're going back and forth all the time, just talking to them, you know. Like a doctor would. Does that hurt? Or how do you feel now? That sort of thing. Stop praying when the person's completely healed or wants you to stop or when it becomes obvious that you're not gaining ground and not giving any other direction of prayer, Right? But this re-interview, so we're praying for people, and then we ask them, how are you doing, da da, da. What about this, da, da da We go back and forth. So I like this thing of we got this treasure in jars of clay, cause, so we use very human means to a very supernatural thing. We shouldn't ever uh, um, uh, devaluate us. Even God was called the Son of God and the Son of Man. We're like that. We, we, we are ordinary, but we're extraordinary. 
And somehow in these earthen vessels, there's treasure. And so we want to treat them like that. We don't want to be super religious, really ordinary, you know. And not, not try to put on airs, you know, or not hype it too much. Just He's well able to work through your humility. As a matter of fact, it says God gives grace to the humble. So you can actually be a real-life person, a very ordinary, and feel like you have absolutely nothing to offer a person when they come up to, you know. I mean, sometimes I've been up praying for them, and they'll come up and tell me their, their list of problems. I go, hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking on the inside of it. Wow, man. Wow. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> now, I've been pastoring so long, there's not very many of those, but every once in a while somebody will come up, you know, and they'll start unraveling what I'm supposed to pray about. I'm thinking to myself, holy moly, wow, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm going, i got to catch up. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Okay. I'm a Christian. All right, here we go. All right. Power of God's on me. Okay, Jesus, I don't know how you're going to deal with this one, but I don't even know how to start in the prayer with this, but Lord, help me. And then God does in that weakness, and he helps us. And before we know it, we're praying over it. And then amazingly, sometimes we'll see the most amazing miracles. And the last thing is, Post-prayer suggestions. Encourage the person's, person's spiritual walk by faith in the Lord. You may discern that a change of lifestyle might be helpful, you know. <laughs> you might not want to keep doing that. I think probably every time you go to that, like, uh, hor- a horoscope or maybe that psychic. By the way, have you seen all the psychic signs that are... You probably better not go back to that psychic that uh, told you about this, this, and this, because uh, you can get demonized that way. So you probably not want to do that, Right. You might share a key scripture that God gives you for the person to stand on after they leave you. If the person's condition resulted from habitual sin, tactfully suggests, you know, every time you do that, it doesn't work out well. I just, you might want to not do that anymore, right? Uh, so like getting uh, drunk every Friday night, you know, you might want to just lay off of that a little bit, you know, or whatever it is. And uh, this one I like, and I'll just finish on this, Matthew 7, uh, 7 to 8. Okay. I love these verses so much. This, this is why I love prayer so much. Ask and it will be given to you. And you've heard me say this many times. The verb tense is keep on asking. It's like do this all the time. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. The one who keeps on seeking finds. And to the one who knocks, keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. Such a powerful thing. And Jesus has some parables that we've told before. But you just keep on going. Keep on knocking. You know, these parables of the widow and the judge, the parables of, of the person that comes late at night, you know, and says, uh, give me a loaf of, uh, I need a loaf of bread, you know. And because of his shameless audacity and knocking on the door, the God gives him what he needs. But God is not ever put out by our audacity, but for whatever it is, he, we see it all through the scripture. Son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody's telling the guy, shut up, shut up. This is a holy man. You deserve your sin. You deserve, I mean, you deserve that. Your sin or something went wrong and you're, you're, you're as a sinner. Son of man, have mercy. I mean, Jesus stops. I see it over and over again. Some person actually defiles him by touching him. He stops. Hey, I'm on. Somebody get, says, hey, resurrect my, my daughter from the dead. Right? I'm not sorry. Resurrect my, uh, heal my daughter. But on the way, she dies. Well, that would be it. That's the end of ministry time. No, Jesus goes and resurrects her from the dead. Oh, my goodness. I just never give up with God. Nothing is impossible. Matter of fact, for some people, we just got to keep encouraging them so they don't give up because some people, like even in this room today, are on the edge of giving up most of the time. Don't give up. 
So when a person is skin on, and we're up there, and we, we finish our service, and then we have a whole line of ministry team people up here, and they're praying, and they'll tell you personally, oh, whatever you do, don't give up. I can say it from up here, but when a person looks you in the air, I, you can see the compassion in their eyes, and have been where you are, and they say, don't give up. You're going to be all right. It means something. And they might have even made some kind of friend or contact where they hadn't had any relationship before. Sometimes for some people, the only contact they're ever going to have with another person is right up here in the front when we pray for them or someone in church says hello to them. That's how lonely some people's lives are. And what we want to do is just make them feel a part and then maybe even encourage them. Maybe part of your ministry to them is help them to find more friends or invite them to a special dinner you're going to have or a, 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 you know something that you're doing that would be really helpful to them, right? Amen. Why don't we all stand? So I have the worship team come, and uh, so I want you to play a little bit, and then, uh, but not play too much because we're going to do something here just like we've been doing for years. I haven't formalized our ministry teams again, but a number of you have been on them for years and years, and if you have some time, if you'd be willing, why don't you come up to the front if you've been on our ministry team before, and uh, just line up here in the front across this way and face out that way, all right? And uh, we're just going to serve you and uh, pray for you. And um, so, John, as we just do worship, uh, we're going to want to sort of keep it lighter uh, in terms of the sound level so we can actually talk to people. You know what I think is going to happen? So now I'm in prophetic mode. Uh By the way, don't worry about these speakers anymore. When we first got them, it was blowing a hole in my chest. (laughs) These speakers. And now they've got it just right. So don't worry about even up here in the front. Uh, you can stand however. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Now you guys spread out with each other just a little bit. Give yourself some room. All right. So these are our ministry teams. So if you have something that you would like to be prayed for today, as we just begin to worship a little bit, come, okay? And we'll be glad to pray for you. So Lord, I just ask that you would make people courageous. Some people came in here and they really do need some advice. More than that, they just need someone to pray for them. They just need somebody else to pray for them. Lord, I pray as we begin to minister more personally, we reinstate all of our ministry teams, and I want to ask you, Lord, for supernatural activity. Would you underline this moment in Jesus' name? Lord, heal the sick. Raise the dead, Lord. Cast out demons. Do deliverance. Bring forth friendship and kinship May the spirit of the Father's love be on this place. I think this is a special day. I highly recommend you come up today. If there's any weakness in you at all, I just have felt the presence of the Lord so strong. And I'd like to say He's strong every time. And I, I, but I don't know why, but for whatever reason today, I can feel it's special. It's almost like a reconnection with our values, a reconnection with the Father reconnection with our movement, the Lord and all the other churches that are involved with us Lord, we just thank you Lord, bring the life out of the vineyard today let us drink deeply in Jesus name Amen See if you like prayer, just come forward